This program is in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. Don't miss the call. Join the revolution of the evolving perspective of an awakened consciousness. Are you ready? Join the community at openandclear.com. Hello, hello, Barb. Hey, good morning, Devin. Good morning, morning. So you're you're just doing this program in bed, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> relaxing there. Called me with your video, so I could see. Oh man, <laughs> I have to get up and get over here by microphones and computers. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> well, you could bring those to bed too if you wanted. <laughs> yeah, it kind of gets complicated with the cords and everything, but. Yeah, it's like I can't have two worlds at once. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The dream world and the dream world and reality. Yeah, I suppose. (laughs) I was more thinking uh, studio and comfy bed, but you might lose me in half halfway through this program. So (laughs) why? Oh, because if if I was laying down, yeah. Well, I'm sitting up. It's just that it's warm in my bed and the house is cold. Yeah, true. Cool. And it's peaceful here and I do a lot of meditating here. Yeah. So how's life going? It's easier than I make it out to be, that's for sure. How would you know? Because I've tried it both ways. I've tried it the hard way, and I've tried it the way that there's nothing I can do about it anyways, really, and just to relax. Yeah, it's usually pretty good. I don't know, the body in itself, it's every every direction, as far as my experience. It just seems to be constant pain and when it's not you know it's something else it's not actually the body so <laughs> it's like there's always something it's either you know tired or feeling guilty or afraid or, <laughs> or something it's it's so crazy how how well we've done this i i heard a glimpse of this virtual reality developer guy and he was saying, he was asking a, a child, like, what do we need to do to make this more believable? And like, you're looking at this, you're, it's 3D, it, it, you look down at your hands, you can see your computer-generated version of your hands and all this stuff. And it's, it's really detailed. And he's like, but there's still something that keeps you from believing that it's completely real and he's like what is that what is that and as I walked out of the room and I thought about that and I'm like well it's just like this world you know the, the reason we believe in it is because we have sensations of pain and suffering and if with, without the pain and suffering we would not believe in it we would see right through it it would be like watching a TV you know the fact that we don't feel it 
firsthand and associate it in a position where we we have to be involved to make sure that we keep this person out of pain and suffering so that we don't feel that right so that means we're it you know now we're actually enveloped <laughs> completely involved it's not just like okay i can just do it on the weekends or something it's like <laughs> no next thing you know your person's falling off a cliff and you're like ah no why i need to pay attention and you know or he keeps walking into a wall and just banging his head it's like no you need to completely pay attention or else you're coming back to this complete pain and suffering and I was thinking uh, you know maybe it's just because of the sensations you feel you know you got you feel the wind blowing on your arms and stuff and you can feel the whole thing bouncing and as you're walking and so on thinking how he's just developing a virtual reality suit in a virtual reality <laughs> and it's it's pretty trippy it's like we're gonna we're gonna make virtual reality of being out of the virtual reality well yeah exactly because we think it's outside of us we think that there's a difference between outside and inside us. Yeah. And there isn't any. Yeah, the fact that we believe it firsthand, I mean, it should be kind of evidence of that. Is that, you know, <laughs> someone that says it's not real is just a crazy person. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 but I need to go take a dump. You know, <laughs> well, and then, and then the once dump is <laughs> was inside us, and it's perfectly fine and safe, and it's kept there, and you know nobody shames us for it. But once it comes <laughs> out of us, then then it's like, oh, everyone can see it. We can see it. We can smell it. We can. Um, you know, it have that sensation, and then we call it gross. Oh, we got to do something about this. We got to get rid of it right away. <laughs> well, I, I don't. Even if nobody's watching, I don't want to touch my poop. So, uh. <laughs> but there, it it came in. It came from out of us, <laughs> yeah. and it's all the ideas that I give it that have meaning to me. So. It, that's the reason why we don't want to touch it. But yet, you don't mind touching your sons because he's a little baby and he just doesn't know about his poop yet. But you do, and we have to get rid of it. And oh, it's gross, and blah, blah, blah. We do that with so much the spread of germs. Oh my God, they can. It came from in me, and now it's out into the world, and now it's going to spread and cause disease. And So as far as using this metaphorically, you're referring to like our private thoughts? And are you? Or... I'm not sure how to answer that question. <laughs> I'm just... I, really, what I'm doing is I'm repeating an idea from someone else who is bringing up this very idea and he okay. was talking about how 
you know, inside is outside, and how if we take some of our spit and we spit it out of us, then you know we're getting rid of it. We think we get rid of it, but then how many of us can take that spit that came out of us once? But once it's outside of us, and then we drink it, say we put it in some water oh, and we drink gross. it. Yeah, <laughs> then we think it's gross. But it, where did it come from? You know, it came from yeah. in, in us anyways. And then we take it back in, and then we call it gross. And then we put, and so then we want to put it back out because of our perception. Yeah. And is that virtual reality? That's, it's calling it different. And we do that ad nauseum for everything. <laughs> uh, you and your words, ad nauseum. <laughs> <laughs> well, because there is no exception to it. So thoughts are like our spit. We put them out there, and then we play around with them, and then we we try and assimilate, or we take them back in, and. We just throw things around. Yeah. Yeah, and to think of the creation of the universe and how it all began. And, you know, as much as we we think we're dealing with these other people and, and yeah, they're going to think certain things about what I do, that's already, like, several incidences, you know, fold before and previous from the existence of what would you know we, we need the other people is what I mean it's like we need the experience and expression of other people in order to actually have that occurrence of believing other people could think separately from me it's like the only reason I believe the person in the mirror as I was showing Link himself in the mirror yesterday and and how he's like goes tries to kiss it and everything. <laughs> it's so cute. But, uh, and I, the only reason I believe you are not real, talking to myself in the mirror, <laughs> is because you you only do what I already did. You know, you only do what I do. You're you're not doing something on your own. You're not thinking or saying it differently or. Or having an opinion of being for me or against me. And then I look at Link and I'm like, uh, I think you're real because you do some things I wouldn't do do in this very moment. Or that I have chosen to do it differently. And it really applies to everyone. And this whole idea, the whole, the whole reason I think you're different is because you say things differently. You say it at a different time. You, you seem to appear to look differently. And then all these different variables that, you know, apply it in the fashion that it's going to be, yes, this is a different person you're dealing with. And so it seems very obvious, especially when the crazies come out and say, no, no, you are one and the same. And it's like, what are you talking about? Uh, it's, <laughs> it's so obvious that we're not one and the same. But, but then you get into, especially when you have the understanding of that it is, an alternate dimension of this very same experience. So then, what is each dimension as far as the third being the evidence of us being separate and different um, is 
is not wrong. It's just simply in its own perspective, its own position, in which a dimension can offer itself and offer the totality of a single dimension. And uh, as far as what a dimension is, you know, take uh, one room for an example. It's simply another way of seeing that one room. Is you know, you're looking at that room as a box, you know, you're looking at that room as a, a cube, you look at that room as this transcendent space, you, know? you look at that Ooh. room as you're, as endless, you can never touch the walls. And oh, what's coming, wait, what's coming to mind is that something was talking about this, how when you're talking about the different dimensions, well, that would become... The dimensions or our perception yeah. is coming from the one place in space and time. And so, because we all hold different places in space, I don't know so much about time, but we hold it in different spaces, we occupy different space. Even that idea, right, that we can occupy a space is an illusion. And so, of course, we're going to have different dimension or yeah. different perspectives. So that that's simply a, an aspect of dimensions. So when I get into the dimensions, um, the definition of them, once there is a definition of any sort of variation of dimension, it's no longer what it was at the very beginning. And that's referring to the same the same way of saying that once you define God or the Tao or anything, then it's no longer in the fullness of what it is. It's simply symbols of symbols and symbols. And each symbol is another dimension, another angle, another perception of a very exact same thing. So as far as what I'm referring to is that space and time is and are dimensions. They're actually two additional dimensions. Of the mm -hmm. same occurrence. That space, you know, is the whole factor of having an in-between. And time is the movement of these in-between objects. But it's... So, you're still looking at God in every single moment, all the time. You're looking at the beginning of the universe, the beginning of all existence, of all universes. And yet our perception is chosen in our decision deliberately at this current moment to see it this way and yeah it, you think it's <laughs> and you think that Christ doesn't know this is an illusion yeah well it has to know that it's an illusion in order to be Christ yeah exactly it can't be grounded in illusion it has to be grounded in in truth yeah it's, I mean it's it's the same understanding as far as you know <laughs> are we really lost no what's the what's the course for who's the course for as much as it's calling out for that dreamer and we like to think that this Christ is a dreamer it has to be deliberate or the Christ couldn't do it and you're talking all-powerful existence of all the universe, and if it wanted out, it would be out. The whole illusion aspect is developing in this free will identity 
thing where it thinks and it is separate from others and therefore can do things and the others can do things that one of these aspects doesn't like and you know is guilty or fearful or hating or anything against it when in that deliberate recognition or that recognition of the deliberate creation in which Christ has you know it's no this is in perfect order you know even as Jesus Christ being completely aware of this no I don't need to stop you Caesar from sentencing me to death in crucifixion because I'm creating you to do this I know what we're doing I, I don't need to stop and beg for my life that would be a misinterpretation of who I am I know this to be true Mm. Yes. And then the amazement of Walt and the disciples, can you imagine being angry at Jesus for not wanting to save himself? Yeah, with that, definitely with that. Don't let this... Sorry, go ahead. Well, just the idea that don't let this happen, we love you. And, And it's the same thing as us when we look at others who have cancer what are we looking we don't yeah, want true. them to go because of our love <laughs> you know I projected my love onto you and I need you because you're Jesus and I do need you and how could you let this happen yeah I don't... the perfect teaching yeah it's, it's something about change that's for sure and even in that first development of of bodies and this idea of Adam and Eve and, and then it was said that you know, you take about this fruit and you die you know, if you do and you're thinking, oh, okay immediately, I'm gonna die immediately if I take about this fruit makes sense but no, it's it's the whole factor of you're gonna enter into a dimensional experience of a complete alter reality of this one where you now are perceiving yourself to be physical and pretty much only that and you're going to be unaware of your eternal reality and associating yourself with this body that must end mostly because of that association and then to repeat that you know over and over again I mean Adam is said to have lived 900-something-odd years. Same as many of many people back then. It's like, oh, yeah, you, oh, I ate that fruit, yeah. And I'm going to die, right, God? I'm still alive. This sucks. <laughs> Completely forgetting that you know, the whole reason was of coming into the body perspective. And it's literally based off of the knowledge of good and evil, even if that story is metaphysical or... Real or metaphorically, you know, symbolically, it does represent that in order to see bodies, you must perceive in your consciousness, have a development of knowledge of good and knowledge of evil, knowledge of right, knowledge of wrong, knowledge of space in between and space occupied, you know, mm. in order to experience it. Inside. versus outside bad versus good yeah exactly sin versus not sin or here and there me and 
not me. Yeah, or poop versus fruit. Yeah, it's <laughs> when it's... Well, it it's, seems as though we're all trying... It, unless we have this path, then it's all just how to beat death. And, and we're attracted to it. Are we going to beat death to death? <laughs> we're going to beat death to death. And I, I, um, I'm just, we're so attracted by it. We have death metal and we have, you know, it's more like we're saying <laughs> to God with the ego. And it's got to be the, the egoic self that says, oh, yeah, I'm going to beat you. I'm, I'm going to get all this angst out or... Or I'm going to be, I'm going to get ahead, or I'm going to get behind. Yeah. So anything we do, we think we're beating death. Yeah. And we're attracted to it at the same time because we think we can outrun it or outbeat it. Or it is definitely tricky because this thing about explaining it in this understanding of dimensions is that you're actually looking at the same thing even feeling the same thing as you did previous and so that that means when you're actually feeling this sensation of beating death uh and wanting to overcome death and be eternal or whatever is actually the same sensation previous to death's reality or the seemingly death occurrence and so then you're actually feeling in in an alternate reality not necessarily the ultimate truth but you you are feeling the sense that you know that you are eternal like you you know you are eternal so it's weird that now you're not you know now you think you're going to die now you think you as you associate yourself to this body now you know the, now you need to figure out, wait, wait, I know it's possible, I know it's there, so now I'm actually looking. I'm looking for something really I won't be able to find, because it's not actually about the body's survival at all, it's the reality no. in which you are. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's so true. Yeah. So this kind of goes with any sensation and you're feeling, even as emotional reactions. Like we think of it, and as psychology tells us this, there's like five, you know, core emotions, and it's it's actually, you know, the whole reason for these five core emotions is actually a deeper core uh, understanding of of that experience of there being, you know, fear and love, and as much as we want to define that, the misinterpretation of love often is is this essence of 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 you know between two people it's not actually like that it's it's the true essence simply of existing which pure joy is a wonderful representation of uh, but even as to have fear and disgust and anger uh, for for examples are deriving from this idea that you are going to die and mm. and the fact that you need to protect yourself for one oh i i need to protect myself from pain and suffering i need to protect myself i mean it's funny how there there's there's fear anger disgust anger or i said that one already what's the other one <laughs> uh 
Anyway, there mm. all four, there's four based off of the idea of death and to protect yourself from death. Guilt. There you go. And, well, is it? Uh, sadness. Sadness. As far as the five core emotions and psychology discussed. And uh, so those are all based off of the idea of, that death is going to happen. And, and then there's joy. <laughs> joy, is, there's only one joy as far as the emotions are concerned. And so it's kind of obvious to me that joy derives from this essence of truth uh, as far as love is concerned. And it's a natural expression. And then there's all these different tactics and techniques to avoid the idea of its opposite, <laughs> you know? And so we develop these, uh, even as our core emotions, <laughs> I wouldn't say they're actually core if they're separate at all. So you actually have to keep going as far as understanding psychology uh, in this realization that this is happening within us. You know, it's either completely defense against this idea of death is going to happen or you're in this perspective of eternal life and I don't have to worry about anything and therefore joy is inevitable and there we really do need the egoic energy that we all share we really do need that in order to have some frame of reference to bounce off of to say no this isn't really true and that's what I hear you saying is yes it's not that yeah it's kind of depends on your goal so if you even as we got here in this position in this world and this idea of separation and everything through having pretty much a goal of some sort of creation whether it be true or not and uh, the same idea would be to come back to truth awareness you have to think in a specific fashion to get there you have to I mean it is a specific type of thinking so you have to think in that way in order to perceive it so if you are yes, on that kind of a goal sure. yeah if you're in that goal to be an awareness of truth and to remember your truth, then you have to be able to discern between what is truth and what has been created thereafter. And emotions are a very good, um, a very close to home experience, even as our thoughts, in which we can then uh, actually associate ourselves with, oh no, it's not that, that's not truth, oh that's not truth, everything that truth is not so that then truth is then revealed to us uh, being the only thing present ooh isn't <clears throat> and it comes in that space in between that we don't see or we don't taste say you know it's just it's there already we're uncovering it yeah yeah, it, it's interesting, you know, how many people it, talk about dimensions often more commonly than they would refer to them as dimensions. Even as, <laughs> you know, I'm sitting here and you're sitting there and there's a space between us, however big, and 
yet in an alternate dimension there's the energetic field of what seems to be space in between we can even start analyzing the air oh there's all these air molecules and there's oxygen and everything and and yet that analyzation even in outer space would be like oh no there's literally nothing in between us uh, even in outer space but the energetic field of the universe would tell us that there is absolutely just as much in between us as there is within us and and then it's actually not separate at all and that my energy is constantly in this big orgy with everybody around me and their energy and uh, all this stuff moving in and through and that literally <laughs> is another perspective of looking at the exact same reality so there being di 10 different dimensional perspectives of these so so that's just simply the glimpse into one from another <laughs> And just to kind of give you an idea, and, and the audience a little more idea of what on earth that's talking about. So what were you saying? It's, it's sounding like it's the big picture of truth, which is what we're talking about, is sort of like the yeah. big picture of it all. Realizing that we are eternal, and that this is just temporal, and versus thinking that this is reality and that that this is all there is and um, yeah i am the infinite creator of my own reality and i can really have an effect on the world or i believe that the egoic self <laughs> is and i believe in pain and suffering and working hard to get ahead versus well, really, I don't have to do anything here. And that concept, probably even 10 years ago, would have just, uh, I would have been flabbergasted. How's that word? I couldn't yeah. spell it, but I, I can I sure say it. I would have been <laughs> flabbergasted at the idea that I really need to do nothing. I'm such a doer. Yeah. Oh, I got to do this and I got to do that. And... It's just busy work when yeah, no, I, I don't have to do anything but be in the Christ mind at all times. And that's where the point of power is. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. even as you speak that I, the, the different lines and, and concepts that you're saying actually apply to alternate dimensions. Um, even the, the whole factor of I, I need do nothing. And it the emphasis of what A Course in Miracles, I remember people, as, as I was an energy worker, Reiki master, uh, in, in my own right, whatever, and of before I got into A Course in Miracles, and then when I got into it, I, I recognized that it was talking about something different as far as a perspective of consciousness. And so when people would bring it up, even as myself, I'd bring it up often of, of this spiritual universe and it's all connected which is wonderful uh it, it it is true and it's very helpful to recognize yes from bodies we're connected by energy and then it goes further to say you know as far as consciousness it's not just that we're connected by energy it's that we are one mind and so these are actually alternate dimensions. So even as we went to, we're, we're talking from bodies of idea of death, and then we're talking of energies of soul, and then we're talking about this is all representing that consciousness, that mind, that one big mind in this very same experience, same thing. 
is that when people would bring up energy and all this stuff, I'd say, you know, that's not what A Course in Miracles is talking about. And and people would, you know, get defensive of it and all this stuff. And that, that's perfectly fine. Now I realize that the whole point of of it talking about different, or people talking about different variations is simply because the Holy Spirit is using things and the symbols as bridges to this truth, this understanding. And so not one, one dimension is not better than another. It's a, that A Course in Miracles has a very specific goal about it. And if you hear me talk about goals as often as I do, um, when you have a specific goal, you have a specific way to get there. And even as the awareness of the truth of your mind, uh, it is required that you go along that way and to think in correspondence to that. So yes, there is, you know, this this spiritual universe is as much of an illusion or a happy dream as much as the uh, physical separation world is. And so we kind of have to remember that, yes, illusions and images can be used just like the physical world. I can be aware of truth instantaneously just by drinking from a cup or anything. But it's up to, you know, how deliberate am I making that decision for reality or not? Often, I'm, I'm in this essence of denial that is total. And so I want to hold myself back anyway. So I want to take these baby steps and just, you know, oh, I want to just a little bit more truth a little bit more truth, a little bit more percentage from that, a little more percentage from that, and eventually, you know, reaching the totality of truth. I, I mean, many of us, as, as speaking and talking of A Course in Miracles, we could have awakened from this dream instantaneously, but <laughs> this, this idea is lingering and wants to, and it's not as if it's some negative thing, you know, it's not as some some problem. It doesn't have any reason to apply guilt. It's in the factor of it, of you know that we are desiring and choosing to do this, and we just have to remember that. But it is variations that are possible, and anything being possible. And thank God that it is, because otherwise I wouldn't be able to be here talking with you about the different dimensions and yeah and it's helpful to me like last week we were talking about compare and aware and you said oh it's when i bring up the word aware you remind me you said oh it reminds me of how it rhymes with compare and so then i've been working with that idea this week yeah. aware compare and i'm thinking oh you know it's so true just because i think i'm aware of something and then i'm comparing it to something else or they're not like me or i just won't even say that because they think i've already gotten oh they think i'm crazy because i talk like this or i give an <laughs> alternative idea and so i just don't do that anymore or I select it carefully because why? What's the purpose? I, I can't change their mind. They don't need it changing. It's only me. I just thought it was interesting because I think awareness is spiritual 
and I think to compare is egoic. But hmm. I need both of them. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. I need both of them. Yeah. It's just working with that energy, like you're saying, is there's an underlying... And when you're talking about... Mm, uh, the vehicle for me is the voice for God or the voice that's within me that tells me and can direct me to make the right choice or not even so much the right choice but it's just a choice that I might not have made before a choice for love and that isn't always so easy because it takes trust I really have to trust that inner voice yeah to get to the alternate reality the reality of love where we really are and yeah. not here <laughs> in this physical plane I can't be let myself be grounded in in too much you know too yeah. much in in the wrong or the perception. I guess the wrong yeah. mind yeah, I definitely call it a perception because it's it's tricky that uh, you know it does seem like a different place, you know, especially when we define it in different definitions, different imagery, uh, especially as like a spiritual universe and a physical universe. It it does seem like it, yeah, well, it's here and now, but you know it's different, uh, it, and so it's it's really tricky, and it needs to be tricky for this mind to be aware of it to recognize it and to go into it and so as you know any to kind of understand this that as i was talking about the emotions or sensations we feel that any time we do feel something even just feeling the table or my arm as i'm rubbing it right now that in an alternate dimension meaning in a different perspective of the same reality is another sensation so as it seems to be defined uh, as this symbols, these symbols of an arm, and as I'm feeling it, has this definition of a sensation of an arm and of what it would feel and as I was feeling it, in an alternate dimensional reality, I'm actually feeling and still continuing to feel, even in this very same moment, not an arm, but the actual expression of love. I'm always feeling that same existence of love in that reality in which only love exists. So it's as it's right here and right now, it's not some other place that doesn't have fear, some other place that doesn't have guilt. It's that when I'm feeling guilt or fear, I'm simply coming from that perspective of having an idea of death. So now this idea that I'm actually feeling love is being redefined so i'm taking that love filtering it and making it out to be something that it's not and ma making it into quite literally the experience of oh it has a reason for guilt and now i can't even see that it was love originally and it still remains to be love on this alternate perspective and this alternate dimension but to me, it seems as if I need to somehow get away from this guilt or the reason for guilt or the fear or anything, and actually that there is a difference between fear and trust. 
when it's not true. There is no difference between fear and trust on the alternate dimension in which love is the only existence, the only occurrence. So it takes that the mind in that wrong-minded perception is only referring to that there is a right or wrong mind. That there is a right way to think about this and a wrong way to think about this. Just like it would say, oh, I'm feeling, uh, oh, oh, fear. Oh, no, I, I'm really, I need to trust. You know, this is alter alterations, a separation of having a difference between, you know, emotions instead of recognizing uh, the fear I think I'm feeling is actually love. The trust I think I'm actually feeling is actually love. Uh, the love I'm feeling is love. The anger I'm feeling is love. You know, it's uh, it's right here, right now. Meaning that everything you think you're thinking is a hallucination of the reality <laughs> in which is actually occurring. And that's simply a reference to an alt one one alternate dimensional reality that even in the other direction what we would say as five core emotions psychologically is you know even the same ten core emotions and <laughs> all this mm. but that's a different is perspective would you say that that the ten core emotions then are summed up by love yeah, so it's it's, really it's always yeah, it's always from the beginning of all existence, you know, the same way as science would say that it all has come from the big bang. So in that very moment, regardless of how many emotions, how many people, how many species, how many planets, how many universes upon universes, it's all made and created, it's all from that same original big bang. So as, as much as even it sucking back in and being another Big Bang and sucking back in and being another Big Bang, you know, it's still the same one thing originally. Uh, so, so in that same sense, as using that as a metaphor to kind of comprehend where it's all derived and energetically and spiritually and getting into this, that it's all an attempt to give an image to God. And so that Christ consciousness, that experience, is that explosion. It's more of an implosion, I suppose. Mm. So our making God limited, which is what I hear you saying, is that we're trying to make God limited because we can't handle the fact that we're unlimited beings. We need some limitations, <laughs> otherwise we... I don't know what uh -huh. we do. It's uh -huh. like we do need it as a yeah. boundary. It's tricky because you're defining it with the definition. I mean, saying that we can't handle it is a limitation. So you got to understand that even in that sense of having a limitation, to develop limitation out of that, you know, there has to be something in which develop the entirety of limitation, even that thought of limitation. So it, right. it gets into to try a, and make us in, in a perceived comfortability when the truth is is that I'm always uncomfortable when I'm not what I am. In truth, in this world, there is no comfort per se. Yeah, and as much as it's you know talking about the hallucination or the illusion of reality, that you know in this 
even as I am a certain percentage of the amount of the totality, I'm referring to it as a dimension, the actual occurrence of it hasn't changed from the very beginning. So as much as you know, you're uncomfortable in this body is because you're only, you're, you're, the uncomfortableness is quite literally the fending off the totality of the power of the universe. So you're, mm -hmm. you're the whole existence of all creation, all power of all everything, suns, stars, moons, earths, every force you can possibly think of, you know, is, is not even in comparison to the totality of the force in which you have as quite literally the power of God within you. And so to understand that and to recognize that, that it has nothing really to do with where I am or who I am, but the fact that when I'm having this sensation, say of fear or of pain, it is only because I resist that power. If mm -hmm. I recognized that power and didn't resist it, I wouldn't feel the pain and suffering in which I think I'm feeling. I only think I'm feeling it because I don't want to be aware of the truth. The whole totality of the truth would literally obliterate the entire existence of it. So I need to recognize why do I deliberately want to avoid my truth to experience this? You know, why have I been choosing <laughs> right now to experience pain and suffering over the magnitude and magnificence of the totality of all existence? So once you get really <laughs> honest with that question, yeah, and it, it, it reveals to you, I mean, it will literally thrust you out of this experience of the universe if you actually answer that question. <laughs> and And then I... Because I want to make it real, I want to be yeah. the ego. Yeah, it's exactly. like I want it to be real because in it I have so many boundaries and so many projections of what I think I and I really think I can have an effect when I'm the cause. So right? that's what they talk about. Let's play with this for a minute, without using words to describe it or anything. Really, don't don't even tell me words. You know, what is it that wants to experience this? Okay, so it's likely because you didn't use words, you use some sort of imagery to describe it. Now, without imagery or words, so no images of shapes or forms or anything. Now, images or words out of the picture, not even part of this. Now, what is it that wants to experience this? Now, it's likely that... You try to associate this to some sort of sensation, maybe an emotion like joy or love or anything like that. And that's beautiful, but w without any definition now. So without any associating to emotions or sensations, without any imagery of space and time, without any knowledge of words and comprehension of words, what is it that is choosing to be here and to believe in this? Well, you can't describe it, you can't see it, you can't feel it, so... It's tricky, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's got to be the Christ mind that 
yeah, is see, wells, I, and that's yeah. And as much as I know your honest intent in describing it, it's impossible to say that. Like you can say that to point to it, but you can't actually say it to be it. You know what I mean? Like yes, it, because it has to be experienced, right? Yeah, and it, and that's what's something that's frustrating to the ego mind is because it's been developed simply by the existence of the body, and so to say there's something beyond the body is, you know, it in its complete jealousy. It's like thinks you're completely lying, thinks you're making something up. It's like, you know, you feel nothing. There's nothing there, and it's like. <laughs> The only thing that's truth is everything you see, everything you feel, everything, you know, and it's like, no, no, there is an existence that is true, that is occurring in every moment. And yes, it doesn't have the same reality that you're offering me, uh, which I appreciate your your wonderful makings and, and everything. And this is enjoyable. I, I will live it out. I, w I won't try and escape prematurely. No problem. Uh, it, but just understand, you will never reach the totality of truth. <laughs> Conversations with myself there, literally. <laughs> anyway. Or we already have. Well, that's that's the tricky part, is because yes, we already have. But but what is the we? The truth of it that is already there is already there. Of course, yes, it's already has. But you feel, even as I was saying, that feel like you're left out. Yeah, if I say, okay, everybody that knows the truth now is going to be in the rapture. And if you don't know it yet, you're screwed. You're going to be burning up. I mean, you're just we're just going to obliterate you. And so with your association... <laughs> and usually emotional reaction about that is like if that's actually true uh, which part are you in? which party? if you associate well, yourself with the ego or the body you are in that you know I'm going to be obliterated and it's perfectly fine because even if it is obliterated the truth of your reality will become apparent and you'll be like oh duh <laughs> Okay, yeah, oh, duh. I've, I've been there the whole time. I've, I've just forgotten about the truth. Cut you off again. I just... Isn't... Well, isn't... Mm, that's hard to say what I think I'm hearing you say is because I am in this body and I am in this or I think I am and we're having the shared experience and yeah so what you're talking about is the unknown okay. or maybe it isn't unknown but I choose to make it unknown because I'm having all these sensations like you're saying yeah. of being in a body and thinking it's all real yeah yeah, so it's and it, I as would far rather, as the rap as far as the rapture is concerned, life is not fair. So even those that, you know, haven't done their course in miracles work will be saved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's funny. Yeah, no, I'm 
to better understand it, I would say it's undefined instead of unknown. Um, because it can't be defined. It is, is undefinable. As soon as it's defined, then it's known. Then it's in the experience of what we are having here and seeing here. And really, like, that idea of bringing heaven to, to the world, uh, attempting to bring heaven to earth, is, is not actually something that is a place in which we want to make this place out to be. It's, in fact, something that's occurring all the time. That it's the same above as below. And that it's actually happening right now. You're bringing things, you're bringing thoughts and concepts from heaven, which is what you are, to this outer space, <laughs> outer space, in which is referred to as Earth, and and what we're doing now, even as I'm speaking, as, as coming from truth, is quite literally saying these words are from heaven. So, as much as I, I want to say, you know, yes, we're in this body and the shared experience. What I was attempting to describe is, yes, we are. The third dimensional perspective, the fourth dimensional perspective, is all a just a redefinition of what the soul experience was in the second dimension, which we can all recall, and the first dimension as we are this intelligence and consciousness of Christ, which is all happening right now, but most people that are simply aware only of that fourth perspective of an ego mind and the physical body of a third dimension would not claim that it actually exists and there would be debates on its reality and if it is you know a trifecta or a one entity or anything and so you know instead those who actually see it and experience it it's there's no debate about it what it is so the debate is more or less, well, what do we tell the people? <laughs> That's funny. It's like, well, what? how do we want to control the people? Do we want to control them? And even the Bible in itself says, you know, fire and brimstone ideas are just for the controlling of the children of men. manipulation but you know same thing anyway what time is it are we good hmm. okay. it's time for us to end yeah. amazingly enough you want to wow. you want to take us through a little sure prayer or something I um well just for encouragement for myself is just this is from A Course of Miracles and how holy is our, my, your practicing today as Christ, the Christ mind gives you his sight and hears for you and answers in your name the call he hears. It's like we, we have an open dialogue with the Christ mind. How quiet is the time you give to spend with him beyond the world? How easily are all your seeming sins forgot? They're all forgotten. It never was, and it is. And all your sorrows unremembered on this day is grief laid by for sight and sounds 
that come from nearer than the world are clear to me and you and all who will today accept the gifts he gives. We accept our Father's gifts to us gladly. Amen. Thank you. Amen. I accept these gifts gladly. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Barb, for this time. I do thank enjoy you, this time. <laughs> Me too. Say, even though it's early in the morning. I gotta have some resistance, right? Okay. <laughs> That keeps us going. Yeah, it's just my weird schedule is all. <laughs> but yes, I, you know, and I, I wish there was more people hearing this stuff because I do en- enjoy it. But <laughs> yeah, it's late somewhere. Thanks, Carrie. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. it travels. We don't have to worry <laughs> about how. It's all taken care of. Yeah, exactly. The perfect. Minds in the perfect place. All right. I'll talk to you next week or later on, okay? Okay, sounds good. Yeah, feel free to write me anytime. I'm usually pretty open, just kids, juggling kids. I'm like a clown over here. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, bye. Bye.